Welcome to the Balanced Feminine Podcast. We are your hosts, Maddie and Katie. This is a show centered on helping women find a balanced lifestyle that nourishes mind, body, and spirit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Balanced Feminine Podcast. I'm Katie, your host. I think you already know that. And I'm here with Maddie, your other host. That's right. We are are so excited about this episode that we are recording today. It's just going to be us two. But yeah, when we were talking about what we wanted to discuss we picked this topic because it's just, it's very like important to the both of us. And we feel like it's at the heart of the mission of the balanced feminine. So we really wanted to hop on and have this be more of like a conversation so that, you know, it's a lot easier to relate and understand. So yeah, welcome back. And thanks for joining us. Maddie, do you want to say anything? (laughs) Yeah. I'm just really excited to dive into some of these topics that can seem so elementary and basic, but really when it comes down to us, so many of us are just missing these very simple ways to really optimize our health and our diets and just our overall well-being. So yeah, I'm really excited to touch on it. Boom, girl, you just said it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So let's just dive in. Yeah. We, we wanted to talk about the human connection between food and people and how both of those go hand in hand and how it impacts our health and our longevity and ways that we can change certain things and live a, yeah, a more healthy, sustainable, realistic lifestyle. Did I say that, Maddie? Did you want to correctly, would you want to add anything? No, I think that that sounds great. Um, Yeah. Just really kind of some of these basics that get overlooked, but are vitally important. So yeah, I think that you touched on it. Great. I mean, I know that when we were, so Maddie and I were talking about how important this is to us and this has always been, so I'll give a little bit of a background, like how this topic has become really important to me. Um, a few years ago, I picked up the book, the seven blue zones And at the time I was like still very much struggling to, I was struggling to figure out my relationship to food and I could tell that something was missing and I was very picky about what I was eating and it was very lonely. Like my meals, I was very obsessed about like, okay, I have to eat healthy in order to like feel good, but I can't go out to eat. So I can't really be around a ton of people. And what I saw was my health wasn't really getting better, but I also wasn't mentally in the best space. So I picked up this book, The Seven Blue Zones, and it's it's essentially about the seven healthiest places in the world. And this National Geographic, I think he's a writer. Um, I forget his first her his first name, but he traveled to all of these seven healthiest places. He shared time with the people in the community and really like studied them and tried to figure out like, okay, what are these people doing that they're living so long? And the two biggest things that I felt and took away from the book was that it was what they were eating. So they were eating foods that were locally sourced, but grown in ways that the food wasn't sprayed with chemicals or pesticides. 
And it was all within like a certain mile radius. So they could like go down to their local butcher, know where their meat was coming from, know what the pigs, the cows were being fed and same with produce. And the other thing that he picked up on that what they were doing was the way that they were sharing their food with people. So they were sitting down to meals with their family, their friends, neighbors, even, and they were having these long, long meals where it wasn't like, okay, I just need to eat to get fuel. And then I got to go to my next thing. It was like, we're here to appreciate the food that we have in front of us. And we're going to share it with people that we love and bring us happiness. And it was that connection between the people and the food that was, they were seeing this increase in longevity in these seven blue zones in the world. So after that, I was like, okay, so I'm doing something wrong. Like my relationship to food is affecting my relationship to people and it needs to change. You know, I was still very like cared a lot about where my food was coming from, but I was more like, okay, let's have people over and like share this meal with them and build that human connection. As I did that, I noticed that my relationship around food wasn't so obsessive and restrictive. And then my mental health improved. So that was really what like led me to be like, wait, we need to like figure this out because in our culture, especially today's day and age, we are bombarded with like, okay, this is a new diet and you have to eat this way. And it's like, okay, how am I going to go over to a friend's house and share a meal when I don't eat vegetables, fruit, anything. All I eat is meat. (laughs) Like how, how am I going to be able to live my life? And so it became very important to me to help guide other people on like, yes, we need to know where our food is coming from. We need to know what's being sprayed on it, but we also need to really build that connection with people around food. So that was what really got me interested in this topic. So that's my little backstory. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So when you were talking about all of that, there's so much that came up for me. I think for both of us coming from backgrounds of disordered eating, there's a lot that goes into that connection with food. And I think nowadays disordered eating can be such a broad context because I think honestly, most women have some form of issue when it comes to food because I'm from this kind of society where you need to look a certain way, but along with that, you need to eat a certain way. So I know even sometimes today I eat a lot of whole unprocessed foods and I know the same goes for you. And so when I'm eating a lot of just meat and vegetables, I can eat a lot and the calorie content is still pretty low and I'm not gaining any weight and I'm just fueling my body the way it needs to be fueled. But when you are even around people who aren't in the same kind of health field as us or have that same understanding, I still get a lot of judgment sometimes like, wow, you ate a lot, you know, some kind of comments like that. And maybe it's not coming from a harmful place from that person. But for me, having some form of background with this disorder around eating, I can still feel like a slight trigger. And I think that that trigger is something that is with you no matter how far you come with your connection with food. 
I'm to a place where I can just brush it off now, but it still kind of takes me back a little bit. And it's like, yeah, I ate a lot, but I, the amount that my body needed and I listened to my body and it's all really good, wholesome food with low calories. So I can eat that much as compared to if I was eating a bag of potato chips or something on that form. But I think that that is also coming from a place where we've been so programmed to be this thought pattern of women need to eat just very small amounts. Women need to like be getting full off of just a few bites. It's not attractive to eat a lot. And I think with that, it comes a lot of healing for us as a collective, as women and even men, just coming to this different understanding of we are not just pretty objects to look at rather there's so much that goes along with all of that. And I don't know if there's anything you want to touch on there, but that's really what was kind of coming up with me in that. No, I love that because it's so true. So like women, we're living in a time where like, how do I say this? I feel really scared for the younger generation growing up in a time period where there's Instagram, Facebook, all the social media platforms where you are constantly bombarded with eat this, don't eat that, look like this girl, don't look like that. Like not even just specifically like saying that, but the photos, everything, you're every day. And we're seeing this incline in eating disorders. And that, what you touch on is so important because it's not just anorexia, bulimia, or binge eating. Like now there's upset. There's eating disorders around. Everything has to be organic. Everything has to be completely like perfectly healthy. And it's not just women too, which is like, that to me is showing, okay, like this is really affecting everyone at this point. Like for instance, my brother has an autoimmune disease and he's been struggling with it for three years now to the point where he will even say, I have an eating disorder because everything has, I have to make sure that like everything, like the way that my beef is being like, he literally tells a story where like he, when he moved to Jackson, he called the Lockhart cattle and he basically like, what's the word when a detective, oh, he interrogated them. (laughs) He was like, what did the cows get fed? Okay. What do they get fed after that? And what are they being fed 30 days later? And the guy's like, it's all grass fed. It's all grass finished. And my brother, he literally is like to the point where he has to do this because otherwise if he eats something that is contaminated or something affects it, like his gut is ruined and he has another flare up. And like, it's a, it's so much deeper. It's a lot deeper than that, but it has caused him to be so obsessive about where his food is coming from, what's in his food. And he'll be the first one to say like, yeah, I have an eating disorder. And we see that now with men. They're like, I have to do the carnivore diet. Like I have to, you know, everything has to be clean, organic. And it's great because we should have high standards for our foods. But the thing is, is we shouldn't even have to ask for that. Like our food, we should know when we're buying it isn't sprayed with chemicals and pesticides. Like we shouldn't have to get to this point where we are like living in fear of what is in our food. And that's why we're here. That's why we're so obsessive about knowing where it's coming from. What is glyphosate sprayed on it? You know, like what's in our food and 
that's why it's so important to me and you to help people, to help our listeners understand that it's, it's going to come from us being like, what the fuck? Like something needs to change on our food system in order for us to be able to live, eat what we want, enjoy the food, not have to worry about it so much and share it with people that we love. Yeah. I don't know if you agree, but. (laughs) No, I agree. So I think that there's a few pieces that go into that. So first of all, yes, there does need to be a change in our food system. That's incredibly important. Um, We need to vote with our fork and how we buy and connecting with our local farmers and just choosing more local and organic and grass-fed. That's so important to do on the day-to-day, but also understanding that when we support our systems, and of course there's exceptions to this. So I went on the autoimmune paleo protocol a few years ago and was super crazy about it for a while. And when you do something like that, you do need to be super crazy about it for a few months. But once you get to a place of healing and you've restored some of the integrity of your digestive tract and your immune system and your body as a whole, then what is so important to understand is that our bodies are really resilient if we give them the right tools. So what I like to tell people is we don't need to be 100% perfect 100% of the time, unless of course you are on a three-month protocol that you need to be 100% perfect for. But for the majority of life, we are building our bodies in a way where we build this really solid foundation. So we can once in a while have some chips that may have been cooked in some canola oil. That's horrible. Canola oil is probably one of the worst things you could possibly have. But what I'm saying here is it's okay if we build that foundation really solid to eat out a few times a week or not a few times a week, sorry, a few times a month, (laughs) a few times a week is a little too much, but you know, it's just, it's allowing and understanding that our bodies are resilient and built to be able to take on some forms of toxicity and some forms of foods that aren't always the most beneficial. I mean, do you agree with that? Yes. I think it's inevitable at this point in our world that we are going to be breathing in toxins. We, you know, that's what we're just faced with. That's a modern day world. Unfortunately, that's, you know, where things are at. So how do we get to the point, like you said, where we like can have our optimal health while living, like enjoying food with friends and and not always obsessing like, okay, where did it come from? Blah, 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 blah. I need it to be like grass type, blah, blah, blah. And, and being able to recognize that like my body is resilient and I might not be eating the most perfect meal in this moment, but I eat healthy 80% of the time. Like this really isn't going to affect me and my body will be able to handle this. And obviously there's deeper levels of that. There's people that are facing, you know, really serious autoimmune disease illnesses that are in different boats, but like, how did we get to that point? I mean, that's a whole nother like conversation, but yeah, if like, that's such a good point. Like if we are at a good place with our health, like our body is going to be able to handle certain toxins. And if we can minimize it, amazing. And that's, that's the goal, you know, minimize the amount of chemicals, toxins in our lives. And I think it, it also, you know, one of the biggest things and something that we've talked about is people taking back their own health 
into like their own hands. Because I think what we've seen is that we place so much power and emphasis in the, the role of the doctor. And instead of being like, okay, what is my body asking? And if I were to pay attention to these signs and what's going on in my body, like maybe I wouldn't have to outsource all my questions. Like, and that's where I think when you do become more in tune with, okay, like where is my food coming from? And this is important to me, but also like, I want to share it with other people. And, and I think you start to realize like your body. Yeah. Like you said, your body is really very res- resilient and like, it will speak to you. Like we don't need to put so much power in other people's hands when it comes to our health. And that's something that I feel like we've just given away as human beings. And I don't think that we necessarily meant to, I think we've been fed a lot of information where we think we need to, but in order for us to regain power over our own health, we need to take that back and really start trusting our own bodies. Yeah. So I think that there's been a lot of almost praise given for the disconnection from listening to our body. Like pain is just weakness leaving the body, like different little things like that, you know, no one knows how to actually listen to what their body is saying anymore. But when we take a step back, our body has all the answers for us. And we're so individual and each one of our situations is going to be so different that it's really important that we learn that unique skill of just listening to what our body has to say. But I'm also going to take it one step back to just kind of the kind of craziness and disordered eating that can go into eating a really clean diet and being obsessed with not getting any kind of bad, whatever it is, bad toxins, bad oils, whatever, whatever that might be. Of course, yes, we want to minimize all that and eat as healthily as possible. But I think when we start like really stressing over one thing, you know, we're questioning every single thing we put in our mouths, we're freaking out. We can't go out to eat with our friends or we can't go over to someone's house to eat because it might not line up exactly the way that we're trying to eat at that moment. I think that that creates a lot of stress and a lot of issues going on with our mental well-being. And it's such a conventional way to think that these aren't interconnected, right? So to think that like it's strictly only what I put in my mouth is going to affect my health, you're pretty much thinking like a medical doctor because that's not the way it works. If we're going to look at an alternative and holistic stance, then we need to remember that all forms of health are interconnected. So our physical, our emotional, our spiritual, all of these are going to be very interconnected. And so when it comes down to like really obsessing about all this, we're compromising our mental health, our emotional health. We're adding so much stress, which even on a physical level is creating so much cortisol, which is in creating so much inflammation and then increasing our likelihood of having some form of leaky gut, which is only going to add to the whole situation at hand. And then pretty soon we just have added to our problem when really we should take the time to go to our friend's house, connect, relax, take a deep breath, enjoy their company, look at what is at hand, try and pick the healthiest things and the things that you know don't agree with you, then, you know, just leave those off your plate. If there's gluten involved, maybe we specify that like we're gluten-free or we can't do dairy. And people usually understand that. And 
maybe you bring your own side dish, a salad or something that you know you right. can. So at least there's something there. Or you look at the menu before you go to the restaurant, give them a call, make sure that that restaurant can accommodate your needs, whatever it might be. But really mostly just realizing that every system is interconnected and taking the time to relax, breathe and enjoy yourself because that in the end is going to do so much good for you. Absolutely. And I love that because I think, yes, it's like easy for, yeah, it's easy for us to say like, okay, like eat, eat this way and share like, you know, meals with great people. But the reality is like people, and it's all connected. People are having gluten sensitivities, but also like they're having gluten sensitivities because of the way that our, you know, crops are being grown. And so, but like, yes, people, the reality is people have these sensitivities and how do we live with them in a, in a way that like, doesn't stop us from living. Like, so what you were saying is like, bring your own side dish. Like I personally love bringing my own side dish because I love cooking and I love being like, here's something that I'm adding to this dinner party. Then it's also something that I know, like, oh, if I show up and there's not a ton of like, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free options, like, oh, that's okay. I'm like still fine. I have something I can eat. And it's like, I, I don't know. Like, I think that it's just important to know that like, there are ways to find optimal health and also share the connection with food and people. And we don't, it doesn't have to be one way or the other. And I think it's so important about what you're saying about like the mental, spiritual aspects of all of this, because I have seen, and I'm sorry to continue to put my brother on the chopping block here, (laughs) but his autoimmune, (laughs) like he's been struggling with this for years and he's gone to every doctor. And at a certain point you have to say like, what's going on emotionally. And I think that's one of the biggest things. I mean, I spoke with a friend the other day and she was like, I had a lump up here and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I went to this, she lives in India and she went to, so obviously like the way that they treat, you know, certain things are more traditional, more Ayurvedic, but she was like, I went to a doctor over there and the woman was like, um, so what's going on in your life? And like emotionally like got to the root of the cause. And she was like, yeah, you, this is caused from anxiety. And I think they gave her, I forget how they handled it, but literally they did. And within a week it was gone. And like, it's just wild. Like I, and I think that's something that we can all especially in the U S I don't, I don't really think that we're taught to recognize how important our emotional state is and how much that will affect our overall health. So I love that. I think it's so important to just realize that it's, it's not just one thing. Like this is a collective, this is like emotional, mental, spiritual, you know, food all of it. So yeah, I think that's so important. Yeah. And one thing to kind of add to that too, is I also, you know, through my life have suffered with some autoimmune conditions. And one thing that was kind of popping up for me the past few months was, um, I was getting some eczema on my top lip and, you know, from a nutritional standpoint, I start diving into, okay, like what foods are doing this to me? So I start trying to like trace back to, 
when this started popping up, what kind of foods I was putting in my mouth. But then also if you take the whole picture into account, taking into account like, okay, what kind of stressors were popping up in my life? Like I started two new jobs at that time. I moved into like a new place, you know, is there some kind of environmental factors happening? Maybe I'm exposed to mold, but then I just went to Mexico for my honeymoon. And then before that took a week off work as well for the wedding. And so two weeks off work, just like a super stress-free environment, just like hanging out on the beach, just really allowing my adrenals a chance to kind of reset because I was noticing so much anxiety, so much stress, just from planning everything. I was really clenching my jaw, grinding my teeth when I was sleeping. And that's always a big indicator to me that I'm just very stressed and my adrenals are overtaxed. So just going on that vacation. And then um, I kind of pinpointed that maybe it was like some nightshades that were causing that eczema to happen on my upper lip. Maybe it was some tomatoes and um, some, and like just jalapenos, some foods that I had reintroduced in those few months. And I was kind of blaming it on them. But then, you know, after the week of my wedding, I realized that the eczema on my lip was gone. I hadn't really been eating nightshades, but then in Mexico, I was like, I'm going to experiment with this. So I so much salsa, so many tomatoes, so many jalapenos, nothing, no eczema. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Sorry. So amazing. But kind of that's like a huge indicator that that was yeah. probably all stress. Unless maybe somehow there's some mold in my environment back home and maybe it will start to pop back up. That's something we'll have to watch for. But I really just think it was too much stress was adding to my immune system. And so then those nightshades were just the trigger. So that's kind of a really good example that maybe it can be the food contributing, but it can also be so many other factors. You know, maybe we just remove some of that stress and then suddenly our body can handle that food. So. Yeah, that's a really good point. Especially like, as you were saying that I was like, I think a lot of times we just blame it on the food. Like, oh, I'm not like, I can't eat this or I can't eat that, but it's like, uh, what else is going on? You know, like, is it really just the food? Yeah. Because it, it isn't ever just one thing, you know? So I love that. Point this out really fast is also when we look at the opposite effects of what is our opposite hormone cortisol? It's oxytocin. Where do we get oxytocin? We get it from social, social connections. We get it from physical touch. This is why it's so important to have these social connections when we're sitting down and eating is we're literally stimulating oxytocin, we're counteracting the effects of cortisol, and we're creating a much healthier environment for our bodies to actually digest and process this food. You are so fucking intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Maddie goes into her like, and this is this. And I'm like, homegirl, you you are so smart. <laughs> um, but we, I know that we're kind of running out of time here and we just kind of want to wrap up and leave you guys with, you know, we feel really strongly about this topic. I mean, this is such an important part of our mission of the Balanced Feminine to be able to find balance in your everyday life and live your most happy, rewarding, fulfilled life. And we feel like it really comes from, you know, eating real nourishing foods, but sharing those foods with the people that you love and bring you like the ultimate, like so much happiness. 
So we really were, we were really happy to be able to talk to you guys about this today. So Maddie, you want to add anything? Yeah. I think just going along with what you said is really remembering that all forms of health are important. So we need to take in our physical, spiritual, mental, all of that together. Remember that it's one. And with that, allow ourselves to eat really wholesome food with really wholesome people in a very wholesome environment. And then we will be so much closer to the optimal form of health that we're all seeking. So. Yeah. I think with that, like one of the biggest things for me is like, just, I always remember I'm like, either way my ancestors used to eat, like my grandmother was very Italian and like, we always sat down to meals growing up and they were long. And as like a, a 10 year old, I was like, fuck this, I'm out of here. And she's like, no, 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 you're sitting down. Like you're, we're going to share this meal together. And it really helps me to understand, like there was something wrong with the way that the American culture, like shares food with one with one another. Like we are meant to eat amazing meals with people we love. And if the energy is great, they should go on forever, for however long they're meant to go on for. And I really believe that becoming more in alignment with the way that our ancestral, um, is that even like the way you say it? Ancestors used to eat is, I mean, for me, it has helped change my health. So I think that overall, if we all like can do that, we would see a shift in, in people's happiness, in people's relationship with food. Um, I just, I always think like, how did my grandmother used to see, how did they share their food? So ask yourself that, like the next time you go to make a meal and you're sitting down, like really, you know, think about that. Mm, yeah. I love that. It's, we've gone mm. so into the routine of just eating on the run and not, not really focusing on that. And I think sharing that also gives us time to really, you know, be mindful of our food, chew it completely that's the beginning stage of digestion to begin with is because our stomach doesn't have teeth as silly as that is, but yeah, it's just, it's just a whole other mindset and a whole other way of living, but it really brings us so much closer to the people we love to our own body and to the food we're consuming. And I was telling my husband a little while ago that, you know, I, I used to have such a disconnect to food and kind of viewed it as an enemy and everything I put in my mouth, like, oh, is this going to make me gain weight or whatever it might be? But I've gotten to the point now where I just honestly love the whole process of food so much from the seed going into the ground, (laughs) sprouting into this little plant, to the harvest, to the preparation, to the beautiful meal that it provides you with the people you love. And like, when I just sit there and think about all of that, I like honestly could cry. I, I love it so much. And it like sends shivers up my spine and like, just- Oh my God, you are so amazing people. If you want to change your relationship with food, go live in Bondurant, Wyoming on a farm. <laughs> Literally. Incredible. And I, I just hope that we can all get to that point. No, it's so true. And it's so beautiful. Like, even if you're starting out with like one fucking tomato plant to just see, I like I, and I've been there and I know what you're saying. Like when you just watch this thing and, and you're growing it, you're like, 
wow, the power of food is so fucking cool. Like, this is so amazing. And we like take it for granted and we don't realize it. And you start to, you, you really see your appreciation change and grow. I get it. Like what you're saying, make it's so true. So that's why I'm like, when I talk to people, I'm like, just start off with like, like an indoor plant or anything. Like you don't have to have like a huge garden, but like, it's not even just about like being able to like, Oh, like grow all your own food. It's like about changing your appreciation towards it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, I love that. I feel like this is also great. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We love, we love just chatting about all this stuff. Clearly. Um, We also have something really exciting coming up. Maddie and I are going to be releasing our first health coaching program together. Um, Well, that's exciting. I know. Well, I felt like it it was in the alignment. Um, We will, we will talk about it more. We're not, we're not like releasing anything just yet, but for our listeners, we want to give you guys a little bit of a heads up. Yeah. Get excited. We are so fucking excited about this. So we will be announcing more information on that. So yeah, just keep your eyes peeled on our Instagram. We'll be talking on it more in other episodes, but I just wanted to give a little sneak peek. <laughs> Woo! Um, but anyways, thank you guys so much. And yeah. All right. Into the bounce. <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Yeah. <laughs>